Hi, my friends, and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you are here. Happy Valentine's Day from me and all of your friendly co-hosts. We hope that you are enjoying it and are finding some love today. If you are feeling that love and spirit and enjoy today's episode, I ask you to do one, one or two things. One, just hit subscribe wherever you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, hit subscribe. Uh, do something loving and kind for the show today. Share it with a friend. Leave a, leave a review, leave a comment on YouTube, whatever it is, just help us out today. We love you guys. We love making this show for you. Uh, and we, we, uh, we're sharing the love to, to you. We hope that you'll share it back to us. Uh, so today's episode is going to be a blast. Catherine Whitaker is my co-host today. We talk about uh, some great experiences we've both had recently. I ask her her favorite way to pray. And boy, it is the wildest answer uh, to that question I've ever gotten. And I share one of my favorite ways to pray, Lexio Divina. And we talk about uh, an underlooked gospel story on the Samaritan woman at the well. So we hope you enjoy today's episode. And, uh, and if you do, you know, do the kind thing. Share it, like it, listen to it eight times, whatever you, however you want to be kind and loving today in honor of St. Valentine or St. Cyril and Methodius. If you know, you know, enjoy today's show. What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Schroll. That is Catherine, Catherine Whitaker. It's so weird that your middle name is the same as your first name. It's so strange. It's weird that we're like not in the, normally we do this together. Now I'm, we're in two different places. We are in two different places. And typically we don't have any internet issues when you're sitting next to me because, you know, who needs the internet whenever you're sitting next to a person. But uh, now we, we've got you on your hotspot. We got you set up with a webcam. We got you a new mm-hmm. microphone since the last time we've spoken. We're bringing you into the 21st century, Catherine. Catherine? I feel like I'm so um, fancy. I don't want to say bougie because I don't think that's the right word. I, f- I feel fancy. Thanks, Taylor, for making me feel fancy. We have to. We, we know that Liv is the bougie one. You can be fancy. What is Allison? There, there's, there, it's got to be a similar word. Well, I was going to say sassy, but I actually think I'm sassy and she's fancy. I was thinking a compliment. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> that totally is a compliment. Sassy. Well, I mean, at least in my world, being sassy is a compliment. But I don't. I think Allison would see that as a compliment. Uh, it, it's it's funny. I hope you, so. Maybe I should text her now. You know, uh, yeah, she's she's been texting me about the. Have you seen this whole story? I I yelled at her. I'm I was so mad after I recorded last week's episode with her. I realized that like the big thing I was going to start the show with with Allison, I forgot to do. So I yelled at her as we were leaving. Did you have you been keeping up with this whole st- saga about how Allison stole two dogs? <laughs> Yeah, no, I did see that. Even the lady that was like in the meeting was like, they don't want to be rescued, but she yeah. rescued them anyway. Allison thought she was rescuing these dogs. She made it this huge deal. And I'm like, you stole those dogs. You stole them 100%. So then I think she felt bad. She posted like, oh, you know, here's where I picked them up. If anybody wants them, the, the update from me yelling at her is now they have been returned to their owner because the owner found them on social media. I was like, you stole my dogs. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so Alice well, I don't think can... we should call her the stealer. Let's not call her that. That let's just call her sassy. She is stealy. <laughs> like 
if uh, you know, like I think that's I think that could be a compliment. S T E L Y, S T E E L Y. Catherine, Catherine, not E A. But she also is a little steely, as in S T E A L Y. She's a little steely as well. Now this has me concerned about when Allison or Liver on the show as to what things. Maybe I should start listening to the the recap the other episodes i don't want to throw anybody under the bus here taylor yeah they're like that country woman catherine you know she's living in the you know in the slums <laughs> yeah that's exactly what they're saying yeah oh for sure gosh. i mean you should hear the conversations we have behind your back <laughs> they sound exactly Wonderful. like the ones we have in front of you because we don't hide in our insults from each i was other. gonna say taylor doesn't have conversations behind people's back he'll just tell it to your face yeah exactly it's way more fun and then like the only time i ever talk about somebody's back behind somebody's back I'm, i'll be like next time i see i'll, I'll text her right after this it's like we made fun of you for stealing dogs like i, I i'm very honest when i talk behind somebody's back <laughs> but i appreciate that then it, then it doesn't become a sin right it's not gossip if you tell the person what's the, what's the advice like if you're not going to say it if they're in the room and you wouldn't say it to them, you shouldn't be saying it. But in your case, you were like, I will say it if you're not here. And if you're not, I will just tell you later. Or the really fun part is you w- I I trusted that you were going to listen to the podcast that you were on. And uh, if you don't listen to this podcast the other three weeks, then it's on you. I didn't talk behind your back. You had the opportunity to hear Same it. On you, you just chose not to. <laughs> That's Fair what we point. Did. Duly That's what we noted. With- I've... I've noted that. Yeah, I know that I can't say much about Allison because she listens to, I think, every episode. I can, it's it's 50-50 whether Anthony hears us make fun of him or not. Uh, Liv, I could say whatever I want because we know she's not going to listen. Uh, it was the same with John. We knew that John didn't listen because he's listened to like two podcasts ever and it's never once been this one. So, uh, yeah, I, I think with you, it's like maybe now that you know this, you might finally listen to the podcast for the first time. <laughs> oh, I do listen to the podcast. I don't. My thing is, is that I rarely listen to a complete podcast in one sitting. Like it's sort of like the books on my nightstand. I've got about six going right now. Normally, I read them and finish them, but with podcasts, I'm like, oh, I have ten minutes to listen to this one. It's a whole convoluted system. I do listen to it. it but yes, I don't think I've listened last to last week's so. though. Well, I I forgive you. It came out as we record a few sense. hours ago. So, <laughs> so uh, speaking of social media and us saying stuff behind each other's backs, we both kind of loosely followed each other's weekends. Um, oh, I guess this was a week ago now, as as we're recording this. But uh, we both went to. I was on a retreat. Our our third ever Catholic uh, Fourth Catholic men's. Uh, renew retreats and you were at the diocesan youth conference with like 87 people in your minivan or i guess not minivan your very large van uh so we both had good uh, weekends a big van. yeah 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 absolutely no, uh, is that like what's a regular size van because i feel like minivans are pretty large so i guess but yours is yours regular sized or large what's a large van Ours is not Whataburger large. Like I feel like Whataburger large is like fifteen. I can fit twelve people in my in my van. And how it's many a, people it's, did it's you fit MB. during the during the youth conference? <laughs> well, I mean, when I was driving, only twelve. But sure. the kids thought it would be fun to <laughs> the kids thought it would be fun to shove everyone in. So we had fourteen. No, we had fifteen people. 
in there. It was, or the photo. There was the a social media photo. There was a joke, and you and I are still, you know, we're still feeling out our rhythm here. We're very natural together, but I don't, there's still a moment where I don't know if you get every joke that I do, which is fine. Not everybody gets it. Some of them are just for me, but you posted a picture of that, of like you with all the kids in the car, and you said, don't ask me how many people are in this van, and I said, how many people are in this van, and you answered And I it, answered and I, you. And I wasn't sure if you realized that like I was, uh, the only thing I was doing was what you told me not to do, because that's who I am. <laughs> yes. No, I knew exactly what you were doing. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to answer him anyway. Yeah. Was, you just answered it so succinct, like you won the interaction because you just answered my question, and I was like, I, I don't know where we stand with this. <laughs> No, because when I when I first saw that, I was like, "Who who said that?" And then I was like, "Oh, that was Taylor." Of course, shocking. Of course, it was. Of course, it was. Because yeah. <laughs> no one else did that. No one else asked because I told them not to, but you did. Appreciate that. I'm surprised I'm the only one. There's usually a few of us contrarians, uh, but I'm gl- I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to be the only one. I really am. Well, they only had a 24 hour window, Taylor. Like if they didn't ask it, you know, like that little social media Instagram story only was up 24 hours. So. I just may not have hit the window of all the other cantankerous people out there who were trying to be stinkers. Yeah, they they were all doing something productive with their weekend instead of uh, <laughs> me just, just going through. You, you're a, you're a, a big Instagram stories person. Um, you like, is that a const- compliment? Because that feels like maybe not a compliment. I don't know. I'm just sharing the information. You can take it however you will. But like most people I know share like a one, two, maybe three stories a day. And you're just like, I feel like your stories are like Instagram live because we just get like your whole day. It's great. Hey, yesterday. Okay. okay. <laughs> I share more stories when I am like doing well. Okay, I'll say this. When we went to Italy, I shared a bunch of stories. But when I was at DCYC with the kids, I think I shared like two stories a day because I was totally focused on the kids. When I went to Italy, I wasn't focused on my family at all. But but it was a different sort of scenario. Like when I'm or like when I speak at a retreat or something, like I'm really not on social media. But I don't know. I feel like it's a conversation, but maybe it's because you have a bunch of guys follow you and I have a bunch of women follow me. I don't know. Is that a difference? I think more people care about your life than care about my life. So I think it's fair. (laughs) That's pretty funny. I love you, Uh, Taylor. I do. Thank you. Uh, I love you too, but uh, you're definitely winning at life. So uh, we both had, it seems like very good weekends. I was on a retreat and, and like the, these men's retreats are like, I am like the quote unquote leader, but they're pretty like self-led. Like once we get there, I'm just kind of like the coordinator. It's like, Hey, here's how we get here. Here's the place. Let's all get together. And I'm like, yeah, it, you know, I'm like the schedule person. Like, Hey, we're going to pray now. Go go pray, you know, go pray now. And then I'm like, Hey, we're going to drink and play ping pong now. Go drink and play ping pong. You know, like it, it's not like I'm going up there. I think they call that the announcer Taylor. Right. Yeah. 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 You're, you're well equipped for that. And I've, I, I actually did it. Like, I mean, we, we'd be doing prayer and like everybody would be back. Like, you know, because I, I said like, oh, prayer's done at, we'd start at noon and I'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll go for like 30, 45 minutes. So 45 minutes in, I'd walk through the hallway and I'd be like, two minutes, two minutes. You know? <laughs> so I did play I needed the you this weekend with all the teenagers. That You yeah. would have been helpful this weekend. I am helpful at, at youth stuff. I think it's the only reason I was in youth ministry. It wasn't about talent. It wasn't about love for kids. It was just, I just kept, it was constantly, I had a job because I'm large. 
my and not only am I large, like I I'm, I am tall, but I'm also a lighthouse because any light reflects off of my head. So I'm an easy person to find in a sea of five thousand teenagers. But I'm also incredibly loud because if anyone is is lost, like you know, I've been to DCYC and there's like I think there was eighteen hundred kids there, and I'll be standing right there, and there's just crowd noise and everybody's talking, and like we can't find you, and we're like, hey, Catherine's our entire ride for our entire youth group, and I would just stand in the middle of the room and just be like. Catherine, Catherine, and we'd find you, and like immediately you'd look around and you'd find the shiny head, and we found who we were missing. That's that was my greatest you know, we skill did, in youth ministry. We did have a kid in our group. He's six foot eight. He was very. It was he was like a lighthouse. Like if we could find Bryce, everybody could find each other. So because we didn't have you, we just you either need to get someone loud or someone tall. That's really I, how you do youth ministry. Right I'm there. the whole package. <laughs> So the the retreat, because it was self-led, it's like, it's also a thing where like, when I go and like lead a confirmation retreat for teenagers who really don't care to be there. And it is like, if I'm not leading something at every moment, they're going to be on TikTok or doing something inappropriate, right? Like that's different. Like I'm there to work and I'm not really receiving much, right? But these men's retreats, it's like, I'm going to pray like and so I'm 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 receiving a lot but uh you seem to have a good weekend but the conference wasn't for you. So I'm wondering which which who do you think had a better weekend overall? There were different different goals and different outcomes but who had a better weekend? Me at my men's retreat or you with 87 teenagers in your van? I think we I don't think you can compare those, Taylor. I think that- I think we should. <laughs> Well, I don't think we can. Um, I think that we got what we needed out of our weekends because, yeah, I mean, I think just because it's not for you doesn't mean that you can't have an exceptional weekend. Like, I think that you probably, well, I'll, I'll say it this way. I think that you probably got different things that were much more like internal, meaning like growth and that sort of thing. Whereas, on my weekend, some of that happened, but I think it was also like a clarification of things that I'd already been praying about. So it was sort of like affirmation, but then watching our kids experience things is a great filler of the soul, you know, to see them experience Jesus. So we just got different things. Yes, but who won? <laughs> I did. If this is a competition, I did because we had way more fun. We were eating Whataburger, like, 10 o'clock at night and Dr. Pepper shakes and there's no calories on a youth conference, which is awesome. So praise and worship. We had adoration, but we clearly won. So 2000 kids praising Jesus. How can that not be a win Taylor? Well, I think, I think it's a win like for them and for Jesus. But if you if you're saying who had more fun, um, I'll just say this. We didn't take too much picture, too many pictures of the, the alcohol, but let me put it this way. This is a really nice house. Okay. And like the big area was like the kitchen and it was like the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, and then like the play room, like all in one big space it was really cool. Um, but the kitchen had an Island like for cooking over in like the play part of the house. There was a whole nother Island just for alcohol. And like, 
there was probably only one or two kids from your parish that had alcohol that weekend. We had it as much as we wanted. So, but are you saying the winner had to have alcohol? Is that what you're saying? Is that is that the determining factor? I'm not saying you have to have alcohol to have fun. But if you're saying that you won solely due to fun, we won. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm saying that we won in all the categories. We won in the fun category. We won in the spirituality category. And we won in the amazing community category. I don't know if there's any more categories. Well, amazing community. I think I think we did have some amazing community, but you're right. We had eight people. Y'all had 2,000. Um, I think on like the the liturgy stuff. It's like y'all had a bishop and many priests. We had an incredible, incredible experience with um with both priests that we encounter, but especially with one of them. We'll share more about that in a couple of weeks when the when the live episode from the retreat comes out. Um but we saw two priests. You saw two there were two uh like per capita every twenty kids. <laughs> you know, so although I will say, I mean I think that if you have I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be bigger to win. I mean, I've certainly had some amazing masses that didn't have fancy hats. You know, the bishops didn't have the fancy hats or any of that kind of stuff. It was just a regular old mass, like in the middle of nowhere in a teeny tiny little church with nothing. And that was equally awesome than the one that we experienced this weekend. So maybe can we just both win? I know that's very like millennial. Can we just all win? We won in different no. ways. No, I, Taylor's the, not buying this. I, I'm the millennial with very head. non-millennial parents. There has to be a winner. I'll, I'll let you. I'll say that we'll say that you won on the criteria that we came up with as we went through. I think overall, uh, as we extroverted it all out. Yeah, I, I think I think uh, I think we can say that you got the win. But I had an incredible weekend. I'm just glad we both had very good weekends. Usually, yeah. the show is. Uh, me complaining about my life and the co-host either laughing at me or buying into the complaining about the life. And both of us are just like, no, we're good, man. So um, in, in our next segment, I'm going to ta- I'm going to share some of um, my two biggest takeaways from my weekend at the retreat. Um, but like, what was the, you know, you said you had some answered prayer, that sort of thing. What's like, if one takeaway to encapsulate your whole weekend with all those kids, uh, what, what would be like the big thing you took away? Oh, you know, oh man, that's a hard question, Taylor. Uh, I'm going to give you two things because I can't narrow it down to one. Okay. So the first thing is one of the speakers. uh, No matter what I ask you, you're just going to answer something else. And that's fine. You're just really coming to your own as a co-host. You're just like most co-hosts of the show, just ignore the host and do whatever they want. So welcome to the team. Yeah. That's why you asked me. (laughs) That's why you asked me. Um, one of the speakers mentioned this, and it really resonated not just with me, but I think with all of our kids. As she said, forgiveness is for everyone. Reconciliation is not, meaning that everyone deserves and 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 can earn your forgiveness, but not everyone. You you shouldn't necessarily reconcile with everyone who has wounded or hurt you. You know, her original question was, if you've ever been hurt by someone, raise your hand. And then if you've ever hurt someone, raise your hand. So we have both been on both sides of that. Everybody's been on both sides of that. But that was a, that was a really big, and that was a beautiful session too. We really talked a lot about boundaries and trauma and woundedness and stuff. And, and teenagers are carrying hard stuff. So I would say that that was a, that was a really clarifying moment for me. The second, and, and it's been a big thing in the diocese, like they've been talking about, well, I mean, 75th anniversary, but also this Eucharistic revival that's going on in the world. And for whatever reason, the way that, so Father Augustino Torres was one of our keynote speakers, if you've ever heard of him. He's the CFR I Franciscan. I want, He's, I, to, to be fair for our argument earlier, 
you got Father Agostino Torres with on the stages that we usually see him. I got to be the worship leader at a very small retreat where Father Agostino was the teacher. So again, okay, I'll let you win that. I'll let you win yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but he and I didn't realize he's a Texas boy. He's from McAllen and now lives in New York City. But he was talking about the mass and just. Who do you think the mass is for? He's like, the mass is not for you. Meaning that sometimes we get frustrated with people are all around us, like making noises, whether it be babies or people or whatever. But he's like, the mass isn't for you. It's for us to remember, you know, the sacrifice. So I don't know. I think those two things probably, I actually, when I went to mass today, so this is my first mass post the weekend, um, I will say that the consecration felt different today. And I know sometimes when you come off a big weekend, maybe our spiritual eyes are open to things that you wouldn't normally be open to. But for whatever reason today, um, and I think I was resonating with his words and also the experience with our teenagers, uh, the consecration felt different today. So I'll take it. That's great. Those are my big things. Yeah, That's it was really awesome. Good. It's, it's always cool to me. Like, uh, I feel like as, as Catholics, because we are so ritualized, we're like, the mass is mostly the same every time we go. Uh, even some of our like the, the rosary and liturgy hours and like there's a there's a lot of ritual and that some sometimes whether even whether in a good spiritual place or a bad spiritual place or anywhere in between, it can get ritual where we're just like yeah I've heard it I got it I got it but yep. then every now and then I have these moments of like no like this is like it just blows my mind it's like really the God of the universe became a man not only became a man he became bread after that it's just like. Oh my goodness, right? Um, I know it's almost like you're like, can I sit through? I mean, I think when you really ponder it, you would be like mind blown. So I think we have to I don't know, I was in a really cool place and I just I think I loved the bigness that you get at a big conference like that and then you come back to your own place, right? Your own small parish, your own small school. And it's still the same person. So he's there in the big stuff, but he's also I think the thing that I kept coming back to all weekend was our God is a God of details. Like he doesn't, he doesn't forget the details of your life. He shows up in the small moments. So it was awesome. It was a good weekend. Again, different experiences. We had a small experience where we were all saying, now when we go back, we have to deal with the people we don't like, because this is a very cultivated group of people, all that I like, and they mostly knew each other and liked each other. So we had to be like, man, this is our mountaintop experience. Now we have to go back and talk to people like Catherine, Catherine, you know, like it's a little bit more difficult than just with this, you know, well-formed group of people. <laughs> well, welcome back. I'm, I'm glad. Um, I am glad to hear that your, your first reflection was that you, you are working through uh, forgiving me for, uh, you know, all the things I say to you and the co-host, but it's it's also just you know it might be hard to hear but it's also good to hear the truth that uh you don't want to reconcile with me and that's fine i can i can live in that i can live in that that's fine <laughs> well sorry taylor um i was gonna try to find a different way to break it to you but i guess yeah. that was the easiest way to say it. the lord told me i need to cut uh, bad people out of my life and i i could think of no better place than right here right now <laughs> And we'll just do it right now. We'll just get it taken care of right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, 20 minutes into the episode, not before. I, know, I was going to say, not how, the beginning. how many minutes are we in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's good. I'm glad you had a good weekend. I'll, I'll, we'll say that you won. That's fine. Um, whenever we come back, I'm going to share um, about kind of the core aspect of our retreat, which is Lexio Divina, and walk through it. And then also uh, some of the fruits from my prayer, especially with one story that I prayed Lexio Divina with. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As you know, we're leading a pilgrimage to 
Italy, Rome, Assisi, uh, Tuscany this summer, June 19th through 29th. We want you to join us, fortecatholic.com slash travels, where you can find all the information on how you can join me, Father Anthony, Liv, and a bunch of other great people uh, in the center of Catholicism. Uh, and because we're celebrating, uh, who is it? St. Valentine today? We're celebrating Valentine's Day today. Um, our friends over at Select International Tours, which is who we book the uh, the pilgrimage with, uh, they've got a little extra incentive for you to sign up between February 14th today and February 21st. This is their Share the Love campaign. Um, if you sign up in, within the next week, they have a charity that, they, that they're going to donate to to help uh, Christians in the Holy Land and in Ukraine. So if you sign up for any pilgrimage, but especially ours this week, anytime between February 14th and 21st, head on over to fortycatholic.com slash donate. If you sign up, it doesn't cost you any extra money and they will donate, uh, make a donation to the charity to help uh, you know our fellow Christians over in those war-torn areas. So we hope that uh, you'll join us for our great trip, fortycatholic.com slash travel. Sign up today. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll, and that is Catherine Catherine. Uh, one of my favorite questions to ask, and I've been asking this since I was like a youth in youth group. So, you know, you spent your whole weekend with these teens, and I kept having this experience of I would go to something like a youth conference or to a particularly good youth night or something, and I would be very inspired as a teenager. I'm ready to pray. And then I would go home and I'd be, I'd take all that excitement and fervor and have zero idea what to do with it. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, hello, Jesus, uh, thou art mine kingeth of the ages. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do. So I had all this fervor to pray and did not know how to do it. So ever since I was a teenager, I've been asking adults in my life that I respect and that I think are holy. How do you pray? Um, so we, we have, we brought, I, you know, don't respect you. So I brought in a guest. We're going to bring in a guest and I'm going to ask them what they're, no, I'm just kidding. We're going to ask you, but it, it wasn't just as a teen, but even like in, in college and people I looked up to, but even after that, like when I was a missionary, like asking the other missionaries or asking other people, what does prayer look like for you? Cause a lot of people say like, Oh, my prayer life is good. My prayer life is bad. I'm like, what are you doing? Like what, what are the things that you are doing? Do you schedule it? Is it five minutes, uh, five minutes, you know, 30 minutes in five minute increments throughout the day. Is it 30 minutes at a time? Is it an hour? Do I need to be praying six hours a day? Do I only need to be praying two hours a day? Like, what does it look like for you? So what is Catherine Catherine's favorite way to pray? Well, it's pretty unconventional, actually. I pray uh, listening to secular music like George Strait. So I spend a lot of time in my van. I actually got asked this question at a retreat last week, two weeks ago. Um, so I always pray when I wash dishes and I pray in the car with George Strait. It's almost like, how can you, how do you pray with George Strait? And I said, well, because for me, praise and worship growing up as a Protestant was a big part of our worship experience. And so I think I started to correlate a memory or a person with a, a song. And so when I hear that song, I think of that person or that memory and I pray for them. So the the nice thing is that I was telling them, I said, I can pray with like Eminem or Post Malone, but I can also pray with Matt Marr or Chris Tomlin. So um, I have the Spotify prayer list that I pray. I put in my AirPods and I pray it whenever I wash dishes. But then I spend so much time in the car. And I, I mean, Taylor, like in the early days when I had a ton of kids, I 
there was no way I was going to find 30 minutes alone in my house. Like I couldn't even find three minutes to pee, much less pray. So I just started doing it. a long time to pee. Golly, Catherine, (laughs) you are really holding it for a long time. (laughs) Yes, because your kids never let you pee. So it's been eight days. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do it. So I just was like, well, I guess I'll just find. I was told something the other day. I was like, I guess I just basically gave God my calendar. And I'm like, it's where I'm going to be today. You let me know. You let me know when you're going to show up. And um, gratefully, he always shows up whenever I turn on the radio. So that's how I pray. I, it's probably not. I mean, yes, I go to mass. Um, I occasionally pray the rosary. Like I do all those things, but they're not my default. My default is always music. All right, I'm pulling up some George Strait songs here. Uh, Amarillo by Morning. How do you pray with that one? That's my favorite song Amarillo ever that he sings. Morning. Please don't run it. Don't do that. Don't run it. <laughs> I just ruined your prayer life. <laughs> Shocking. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the Panhandle. And so I grew up just north of Amarillo. And I hear every time I hear that song, I think of growing up Protestant and all those great people that we met. And and then I also think of my husband because we love to go country dancing. And because he knows that's my favorite song, it's sort of like our song. So there's a lot of people I pray for when I hear that one. So you're here. Plus I pray for King George. Yeah. 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 Long live the King. Uh, So you're praying. So people come to mind and you are praying for like your husband and your family and stuff as you're listening to the song. Yeah, I mean, I'll take a moment as I'm listening to it while I'm not singing along and pray for him. So it's not I, like I, um, it's not like I zone out and only pray. I sing along and pray. Can you, I think I can do? I'm a multitask. I'm a mom, so we do both. Right. <laughs> so that's what I do. It's probably like I said, it's not very conventional, and may, I hope it's not scandalous that I'm praying with George Strait. I'm not praying to him, just with him. This is I, I, I've never done this before, uh, but I, I I'm going to start praying with George Strait. Like I cross my heart. I mean, that's just doing the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, check yes or no. Do you want to go to heaven or hell? I mean, check yes or no is perfect for that. The cowboy rides away like Jesus uh, after you know ascending into heaven after the resurrection. Uh, this write is this, awesome. Write this down. The Holy Spirit telling you know inspiring the the gospel writers to you know write this down. Uh, carrying your love with me, like after we receive communion, we we you know go and 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 spread the good news. Go and share the gospel, like we're carrying Jesus in our heart. Um, you look so good in love, troubadour. I can still make Cheyenne. That one might be difficult. That's the first one I can't make. A I was getting ready with. to say the other one might be all my exes live in Texas. <laughs> that might yeah. be a hard one. They, they do. It's all about forgiveness, <laughs> like we talked about in the last segment. <laughs> Yeah, That's so I guess funny. that one. So there's a way to relate them all, I guess. Give it all we got tonight. We're not going to talk about that one. Murder on Music Row. The, 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 some of them, easy come, easy go. That's about quick easy confession come, easy times. Oh, yeah, um, that's a good I don't song want too. to. I, I I just want to dance with you, baby's. Are you looking through all his top number one? You're going to be at this for about 61 songs, Taylor. Uh, Codigo, clearly very easy for me to play with because I know what that means. <laughs> All right. Well, yours is uh, you've got your unconventional and I've got I've got a very conventional one that I think is underutilized. Uh, yours is unconventional and never utilized by any other human person ever. It's wonderful. So. You're going <laughs> to you're basically throwing me under the bus. It's totally fine. Uh, no, it wasn't there one about a bus. <laughs> there was a song about a bus. I think. Stop it. 
Okay. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I, I was a young troubadour. Uh, so the, the bulk of our prayer time and the reason that it's kind of self-led at these, at these men's retreats is that it is primarily um, like our primary sessions are Lexio Novena based uh are you are you familiar have Have you done lexio before okay cool i haven't Uh, i actually love it it's a great way to pray yeah it really is and um i didn't know what it was until maybe college i think college is the first time that i heard about it like i've heard like hey you know especially like with you growing up protestant and like me being influenced by a lot of you know southern baptist uh non-denominational churches growing up it's like reading the bible was really important right but a lot of times i was reading it for like, I always thought the Bible was like teaching me learning about God. So like learning facts and like learning what happened. And also like, you know, like, especially like the letters of the new Testament, like this is how you should live. And like the, the teaching you how to live and reminding you how to live. Um, but one of my favorite quotes from, uh, Vatican two is from Dave Arabum, which is the, uh, the, the word of God, you know, the, the document on revelation on scriptures. And it said that the reading of scripture should always be accompanied by prayer and prayer should always be accompanied by the reading of scriptures or George Strait songs. It actually says that. In, or George, it does say yeah, that yeah. wonderful. There's Perfect. an addendum in the 2023 update. I'll get, I'll, we'll get it published here pretty soon. Um, Perfect. But I, I heard that and I was like, and I like knew about Lexio Divina, but I was like, I don't know if I pray if every time I pray, I'm like praying with scripture. But then I started realizing it's like anything that I can say about God, I've learned either from scripture or tradition, like even say, like most of my prayers start with father. Thank you for doing this. Right. We know he's our father because of scriptures. We know to say thank you because of the scriptures. We know what to say thank you for because of the scriptures and things that happen in our life. So um, I just became a huge fan of praying with scripture and it took it from that like level of like, this is what I'm learning about and how I should live to this is how I have a conversation with God. Well, I mean, what I love about Lectio is that it forces me to think about the same story, but from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. You know, it like if you look at the prodigal son, for example, you can read that and imagine yourself as the father. You can imagine yourself as the son who stays or the son who leaves. And I think every time I really enter in, and, and I think Lectio for me, I mean, I think you got to have a good 15 or 20 minutes to make it worthwhile. Um, I can't, like, I don't think you can multitask and do Lectio. I think it requires a singular focus for you to take a look at it. But I've, I've gained, every time I've done it, I've always thought, I should do this more. It's really fruitful. <laughs> and then you go right back to listen And to then Spotify. I go right back yeah. to George Street. <laughs> so, um, let's, let's, let's test your Latin, your Latin knowledge. Lectio, Lectio Divina. I can go to Catholic Divina. school, Taylor. I'm going to fail. Okay. okay, go ahead, though. What what word do you think Divina is? Divine. Yeah, very good. You know enough Spanish to know that we just take American words and put an A at the end or an O, and it's fine. Um, Lexio, what other word do you know that starts with L-E-C-T-I-O? Like lectionary, yeah. Lectionary, like the book, right? So The book, the, uh, like yeah, a, the sacred the, scriptures. The lector at mass, the reader, right? So like... It's 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 an easy uh, Latin test. It's you know just divine reading, a divine reading of scripture, and it's and that's what it means by taking it just from that other level of just reading it for knowledge or just reading it for this is how I should live, and actually taking the time to pray with it. That's where the divine comes in. 
Um, so it's four primary sections. Um, the first is called Lexio, which just means reading. And this is, uh, so you're going to read the same scripture passage multiple times in this one sitting. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit about uh, some of my reflections uh, specifically on a story about the, it was the story of Samaritan woman. So I would read that story. It's usually like a paragraph or like a full story. So like typically people would use if, you know, most Bibles, obviously we have our chapters, but most Bibles also have like paragraph headings or whatever. It's like Jesus and the story of the woman at the well, Jesus and the story of the, the, the Samaritan woman, Jesus uh, feeds the 5,000 Jesus. So typically that's the kind of chunks that people are, are picking like a full story. Um, so the first reading is just a reading. It is kind of that surface level of what is the story saying? So I read the story of the Samaritan woman. What, what is actually happening in the story? Do I have a grasp of what's going on in the story? Can I picture it? Uh, do I picture the well? Do I picture Jesus standing there? What does he look like? What does the Samaritan woman look like? Uh, what's going on in the story? Is it hot? Is it cold? Like, can I picture myself being there? And then you just sit there in quiet for a few minutes and pray with what comes to your mind. It, you know, oh, that's interesting. The, the Samaritan woman kind of looks like, you know, Catherine. Why is that? What, what is there any connection to, you know, like that, that sort of thing, right? Um, don't tell but this you, is why this doesn't work, Taylor, whenever you have a bunch of bazillion kids running around. Like if someone was like, Catherine, imagine yourself. I'm like, if I'm imagining myself somewhere, I'm imagining myself in Hawaii. Let's be honest. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I, th I think that first part does, it kind of reacquaints you with sacred scripture. Like, have you heard this story before? Well, maybe you have, but let's listen to it with some different ears. I like that. That's yeah. the first step. Like, let's just read it. Uh, yeah. And a lot of like the things like you were saying that like, every time we read a story, it's like, okay, I've read this Samaritan woman story multiple times. I, I know the story of her at Jacob's well and Jesus saying, oh, you know, uh, 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 she says, oh, I don't have a husband. And he's like, you are correct. You have five. And the man you're with is not a husband. You know, Shazam, you know, Alakazam. You know, he's like a magician, right? Um, I've heard it a bunch of times, but I can tell you that I've never had as much insight given to me. And I feel like this story really resonated with where I am right now because I don't know if many people know that Sam is actually my sixth wife. No, I'm just kidding. That's Stop not why it. I connected. <laughs> it's not why I connected, but I'll, I'll share some more in depth here in just a second. Um, but so the, you know, we're, we're hearing things in a new place. You're the same person, but you're hearing it in a new time, a new place, a different season. You don't have little baby kids hugging on you, but now you're like dealing with teenagers. Like you're in a different place. You're in a different place spiritually. You might be in a better place spiritually than where last time you heard it, it might be in a worse place, but no matter what's going on, if you focus on it, something new might, might pop through. The second one is meditatio or, or meditation. So you read the passage again. You read the passage slowly, open yourself to the Holy Spirit and ponder the text. Pay attention to the word or phrase that strikes you. So you're reading through the whole story and you got like the general overview of the story. You already spent a few minutes picturing it. Where am I at? What is the story saying? And then the next reading, you pick one singular word or phrase that pops out to you. Um, we did this the other night at our foundations group and, uh, we did it. It was on the baptism of Jesus. We're talking about the Trinity. And that's one of the first times in the new Testament that we see the Trinity because God, the father is there 
or, uh, Jesus is there getting baptized by John the Baptist. And then all of a sudden the heavens open up and the father says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then the spirit of God descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. So have there you ever, we see, Have you ever thought about that? That's crazy. It's my voice that I hear. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And we're like, oh, uh, that's how, you know, I'm the lighthouse. That's how people find me at conferences. I just say stuff like that. Yeah, when you yeah when you when you do think about the sacred scripture like that, it is kind of mind blowing. And I think I don't know. I th- actually I think that's my favorite part of um, of Lectio is that it requires you to really focus not on the whole story because there's a lot to take in, but like what's the one thing in this season, you know, wherever you may be in your life, like what's the one thing that comes to you? Because it might be different, Taylor. Like if you were to do that same scripture and that same Lectio Divina process. Two years from now, you would 100% not have the same experience because your life would be different. And what would speak to you would be completely different. So, Lectio, I like that Lectio is not the same. It's not like the same thing every time. So, yeah, very that's much my so, favorite very part. Much so, uh, we had an experience at when we were at Foundations doing this with, uh, with, with that story, with the Baptist of the Lord. And it's like, I'm sitting next to a guy. I, and, I, and I'll tell you this I have led Lectio with that passage at Foundations all three times. This is the third time I have done it and it's a different group of people. And like, I look over, I, so I didn't like plan it. I didn't, I planned it once like a year ago. Right. And this is the third time that we're doing it. And it was that story because it's one of the first times in the new Testament that we see all three members of the Trinity all there together. I did not pick it because one of my former teens, I got goosebumps. One of my former teens is sitting right next to me. He's an adult now. He's, you know, mid, mid, mid twenties. And he lost his dad two years ago. Um, uh, and oh. this is his first time hearing that story since he lost his dad and his dad was a great man and a, and a great influence on him and is the, the, one of the big reasons why he is, he does have such a strong, forgive the pun, like foundation in his faith. Um, but it shook him when his dad died. Right. And, I, and, and, um, so this is his first time hearing that, like, you are my beloved son. He's hearing that from God the Father, but also just like a nod from his dad of like, you know, I still I still love you, you know. So it's just it was this powerful thing of like I didn't even plan it, and it's just like right, but like right when I read it the first time, I immediately was like, oh, like you know, there's clearly this connection here, new connection for me, new connection for him, um, that was just pretty powerful. Well, and that you could see that Taylor, like that your prayer life allowed you to recognize why that passage was so powerful um, is another level of Lectio and another level of spirituality to be able to see someone where they are and then see how God's speaking to them in that moment is a really sacred and tender and holy moment. Yeah. I it, didn't think it, I was going to come on here to cry today. Dagummit. I was yeah. over there like blinking. I was like, yeah, do yeah, not yeah. cry with Taylor. He'll never I, I, let you live this down. Yeah, no, 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 no you're good. <laughs> cause I, yeah. Cause I know that, you know, it's been something that you've been dealing with too. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a, a powerful story that, like, usually, like, that story is there for the purpose of, like, this is showing that Jesus really is God and that, you know, how, you know, th- he really is the beloved of the Father. It's not meant for people who just lost their dad and are kind of shaky in their faith. But that's how it connected, right? But with sure. with him. And it's just, it, it just shows how cool Lexio can be. Um, really the, how cool scripture is yeah yeah like, for sure well for done sure. jesus bravo yeah, yeah. Good, good book. you wrote a you wrote an excellent book <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend right. Right. yeah <laughs> Mo- most of them so you know 73 of them well, I, then, I, I i recommend like 70 to people 
the, the other three. Le- Leviticus <laughs> is a little dossy. Okay. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, you are my beloved dead animal. Can I eat you or not? That's <laughs> and there's a lot of bodily fluids in the New Testament. Just there, get ready for that. Yeah. Well, the Old Testament. I think there's less. That's what I said, right? You Did said I old. New? I'm an old. I was like, the new is mostly blood, and that's sad. <laughs> no. No, there's a lot of yeah, different bodily fluids in yeah, the Old Testament. Exactly. Um look at you with defense mechanisms against crying. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, I was I did an interview last week, two weeks ago, and I cried on national radio and I'm like, I am not I'm not a crier. Okay. But anyway, moving on. Go you to the can, next. You, you can next cry one. on national podcast. International podcast. No. International. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um okay. Our next one is oratio, which is prayer. So like if you you know, if you've ever been to uh Spanish mass, oremus, you know, right? Like, or oratio is is the prayer time. So essentially it's um engaging or talking with God about the passage. So now you've you've you got the general overview. You prayed with your one word or phrase. Why did that one word or phrase stick out to me? Maybe it's obvious from the beginning, or maybe it kind of takes a few times of like, what word or phrase is sticking out with me? Praying with that one phrase. Why is God showing me this one or word phrase right now? And then finally, it's it's the oratio. It's prayer. It's talking to God. Now you've listened, right? We always say, oh, I never hear God. Open your Bibles. That's how you hear God. He, he, everything he ever wanted to say to you, he's already said, right? Chats all the time. <laughs> yeah. So now this is our response or our chance to respond and talk saying, God, this is what I feel like you're talking to me. This is how it's connected to my life. This is how it's connected to my relationship with my family. This is how it's connected to my ministry. This is how it's connected to my work. This is how it's connected, whatever. Um, and like, if there's anything that's like cutting you to the heart, like some kind of plan of action, like God. You know, you're in this time of prayer, you're really showing me that I need to be reading scripture more because I know that it's a good experience every time I do it. And yet I don't do it as much as I should. That Those sorts of things, kind of the action items. Um, the final part is the hardest part because we're used to prayer being us talking. The final part is called contemplatio, contemplation, where it you just sit down and shut up and be in God's presence. You have to turn off the uh the the catholic speaker in your brain you have to turn off the podcaster in your brain you have to turn off the i'm going to share this with my with my bible study you have to turn off the uh, this is what i need to do this evening you have to turn off george Strait. you have to turn off doing the dishes you have to turn off everything and just be in that moment in god's presence if thoughts come into your mind just kind of try to let them go and just sit in the love of god they call it the you know the gaze of the father g-a-z-e just sitting in in the gaze of the father, letting him gaze on you as you gaze onto him and sit down and shut up. And it is the hardest part to do. Because it requires you to be vulnerable Mm. and nobody wants to be like that. I mean, I kind of thinking I have this workout that I do. It's called bar. And there's one time that we'll, we'll work out and then they make you get into the most difficult position possible. And then they're like, hold that for 10 seconds. And no, you're like, you. <laughs> really? And and I think there's a correlation there between not that God gets us most uncomfortable, but he gets us to our most vulnerable. And he's like, I'm going to need you to hold that for just a minute. It's hard, Taylor. I think it's the hardest. I, that's why I like the second one so much. And the fourth yeah. one, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess yeah. it's, but it's also the most fruitful. Yeah, it really Because is. it's the last. So you kind of, you build up to that point so that when you get to that point, you know, you allow yourself to open up just a little bit. Nobody likes to be vulnerable for that long. It's hard. And that's where we hear some of the deepest things that we need to hear. 
Um, not maybe not every time, but you know, like the first one, it kind of starts as a semi-intellectual exercise. What is the story saying? What do I know about it? How am I making connections to it? That sort of thing. The second one does become a little bit more prayerful, right? The whole yes, the whole thing's a prayer, but I'm saying like in general, like the second half or the second part is like I'm praying with this word or phrase. Why is it sticking out, right? The third one is me talking quite a bit and trying to relate it to my life and all this kind of stuff. And the last one is just shutting up and, and being with God. And um, there's so general kind of um, so how do we do this? Right. Typically, what I suggest to people is to find, like I was saying earlier, like find a, a the easiest things to do this with is a passage from the Gospels or the or Acts, like, or Acts. you know, like Christian life, life of Jesus. And then Acts is like how the Holy Spirit is enlivening the church and helping people post Jesus leaving the the earth in bodily form, right? Um, which is us. Like we're just acts 2000 years later, right? Um, so picking that, picking that and picking, you know, anywhere from three to 12 verses, right? Like typically those little subsections in your chapters, picking that, picking that, sticking with it. Um, and a general, um, you know, if you're going to start with 20 minutes, then essentially every section is about five minutes. You start. You do do about five minutes with with the with the reading. You do about five minutes with the the word or phrase. You do about five minutes of the relating it to your life and talking to God about it, and about five minutes just sitting there in God's presence and being quiet. And it's it's it it works great at the retreat. Obviously, you can do it longer. You know, if you're doing an hour, you can do 15, 15, 15, 15. And again, you know, as you get more and more used to it, um, you know, you kind of feel out how long you like to do it. You feel out. Maybe, maybe your one section is longer for you. It's fine, but I'm just saying if it's new for, for people listening, like I, I would say start with like the, you know, three to five minutes for each section and try it out and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, it can change your life, really. I mean, prayer usually does, but that one particularly. The and then one, if it doesn't work, you can do my method of the Spotify and George. Yeah, Strait. yeah, the Spotify with George Strait. We, you know, yeah. playing with Code Ego. If you figure that one out, let me know. Um, but the the reasons that Lexio really helps me, one, it gives me structure because I need structure because my brain's constantly going a thousand miles a minute and going in eight different directions at, at most times. Uh, so it gives me some structure to that at least the like worst case scenario. If I'm doing the twenty minutes of the five 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 five, if I get distracted you know, eight minutes in. And then I find myself either on my phone or thinking about dinner or thinking about work or whatever. It's like, I have some structure to come back to. I don't have to remember where I was in my prayer of just praying for people at random. Right. Um, I have some structure to go back to. It helps me focus. It also helps with the, I- I'm not hearing from God because you have two different ways and two different opportunities to hear from God. No matter what you do, ooh, I am very into this. I just hit my microphone. That no matter was, Taylor <laughs> almost knocked the studio over. No matter what you do, Alert you the will, press, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you will hear from God in at least one way. Through his word, which is one of the primary ways that he speaks to us. You you will at least hear from his word because you are reading it with your brain. Um and it very much leads to um especially as we get into focusing on the word or phrase or, or in that contemplation time of hearing from them 
in the depths of our heart and in new ideas that would like we never had before and in this or or in, in comforting or in whatever like like that's kind of the second one where you're like is this me or is this god like well even if even if you're there you at least heard from him in his word and he already said what he wanted yeah. to say so um it helps me with that too it's like oh i haven't heard from god in a while it's like well did you read the love letter that he wrote to you you know so <laughs> I think it was one of our speakers said the other day, like someone was like, I don't know. I just never hear from God. And she's like, he wrote a whole book for you. Go read it. Right. You know, um, yeah. it's true. It's like, you didn't email me or, you know, it'd be, it's, it would be like me being mad at our communications. Like you didn't email me. You're like, Taylor, I've been texting you every three hours for the last hour, three, seven days. Check your texts. You know, like, <laughs> so I had it yeah. on do not disturb. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, we, we have our do not disturb on and we're not paying attention. So yeah. yeah. But I think sometimes the the do not disturb (laughs) the scripture scripture sometimes feels overwhelming. I mean, Bible in a year definitely I think is a good resource. But um, I think that the gospel. I didn't didn't work on that one. We have to only catechism in a year. (laughs) I was getting ready to say, and then also you should listen to catechism in a year. But the gospels are the easy. In fact, I always tell people, listen, if you've never read the Bible before, if you feel intimidated by this big book start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the really fun part is while they don't correlate exactly, like the Transfiguration, I think, is in three of the four. But if you can read those three reports of the Transfiguration from three of the different authors, it's actually, I think it gives you a more full picture of what was happening. And I think it makes Scripture more relatable. So then when you get into the harder stuff or like Revelation, which is a little, you know, apocalyptic sometimes it, it helps you sort of put it in context, but I think Lectio kind of, kind of helps it make it more relatable and deepens your relationship with Jesus, which is really the whole point anyway. Exactly. So I'm, I've, I never give out homework for the podcast. I give out homework almost every ministry event that I do, but I'm giving out homework. Try it out people. Uh, if, if you've, whether you've done it before, uh, and you've gotten away from it, or you've never heard about it before, try it out this week, pick something from, from one of the gospels, or the Acts of the Apostles, and uh, let us know how it went. Um, I'm going to let you know how mine went uh, whenever we come back. I'm going to share some of the, the fruits of my prayer of the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. The show has been edited by not me. It's been edited by uh, our newest addition to the team named Nate, who is taking over almost all of the audio video production for us here at Forte Catholic. Uh, And I mentioned at the beginning of the show that, um, you know, it's Valentine's Day. It's a loving season. If you want to do something loving for us, you can help me to pay Nate. <laughs> ForteCatholic.com slash donate is a way that you can give a one-time donation, or you can set up a, a monthly donation that would really help us to continue to uh, to help us pay for all the things that we need to be doing around here to continue to grow and further this ministry that you seem to be enjoying. Because here you are almost an hour into the, into the show already. Uh, all donations, we are a uh, nonprofit, a 501c3. All donations are tax deductible. And the good Lord shine, will shine down upon you. That's the the as close to uh, Joel Osteen as I'll get. But uh, we would just really appreciate your support. If you like the show, if you like what we're doing here, and uh, have a few extra dollars that you're uh, looking to give away here in this uh, on this day of love of Valentine's Day, you can do so at ForteCatholic.com/slash/donate. Thank you so much in advance. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Taylor. That is Catherine Whitaker. Uh, we were discussing uh, Lexio Divina in the last one, and this is a story that, like, it was helpful for me to pray with this one because 
I've never given a talk on this passage. I've never talked about it on the podcast. I've never, I've never used this passage professionally in any way. So that was one of the cool ways that I knew, like, hey, this is just for prayer. And then, of course, a week and a half later, here I am making it public. So and here you are. <laughs> but it wasn't for the purpose of this. It was for the purpose of my prayer. Sure, so, Taylor. Sure. Uh-huh. So the story of, of Jesus meeting the Samaritan woman, he's, he's walking by, he sees her at, at the well. Um, and right from the beginning, one thing, or, you know, the, the, the whole thing is, you know, Jews cannot ask uh, Samaritans for, for water. They don't like each other. Um, uh, you know, he, he's not supposed to be alone with a woman. Like there's all these possibly scandalous things that are happening at the beginning of the story. And, uh, Two things that really pop out to me is one. The first thing I notice is that Jesus doesn't ask her for a drink of water. He demands it, which like, I think the Southern boy in me always imagine him asking, requesting, may I please have a glass of water, ma'am? You know, like the Southern judge. At least with the ma'am. At least with the (laughs) ma'am. It's like, may I, you know, can I have some water? Hey, would you mind letting me have some? Like, I just, even though the words have never changed, but that's how, like, I re- have remembered this story and how Jesus walks up to this Samaritan woman who he's never met and says, give me a drink of water. That's what he says. Very simple. But it's like, if I walked, I came to your house a, a month ago and I, and I think you either asked or I, I think you, you asked, it's like, hey, do you want something to drink? And I was like, I already bought a Dr. Pepper. And I bought you one too, you know, like, yeah, but we were both outdoing one another in kindness, right? Like, Hey, do you want to drink? No, I brought you one, you know? Um, but you asked, I would never in my life as rude as I could be on the air. I would never walk into your house and say, give me a drink. <laughs> it's just not something no, you, I would That's do. like what Thor does when he walks into the movie and he's like, Another. I need a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my, at least now. say, please Thor. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I, I would just never think to do that. And I was like, why is this sticking out to me so much? And it's like, uh, I've, it's been a theme over the last few weeks, maybe months of people, you know, people who listen to the show might, might've noticed a pattern, but I needed to hear it again. Like hit me right between the eyes of, I hear a lot of Jesus's demands as requests. <laughs> hey, uh, will you pray every day, please? Not, Hey, you need to spend time with me every day. Hey, mm. will you follow the moral code, please, that I've laid out? No, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to mostly follow it, but whenever I want to, I'm going to break this one and that one and that one and this one. Um, uh, please, Taylor, would you please do the thing that is good and healthy for you? And I'm like, maybe, you know, and like hearing it as a demand when I always imagined it as a kind request is actually something that I needed to hear because Jesus isn't requesting the moral code. He's not requesting, hey, you should, uh, you know, the, the the Ten Commandments are not requests. They're commandments, right? And like, right. there's the this Ten sh- requests. Yeah. The ten, the, the, if you're feeling it, you know, please don't murder someone. The ten you know? possibly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so there's been this like pretty consistent reminder for me of, you know, come and follow me is a demand, but it, it is kind of requesting like if, you know, if you want to get into heaven, you must lay down your life and come follow me. That's kind of on half demand, half request. But most of the things that he says are demands. And I hear most of them as requests. You know, it may, kind of makes me think of like, 
at least in a in a parent child relationship when you really love your child and you give them a demand and they review they view it as a request like pick up your room and they're like I mean maybe mom but I mean I think I don't know I think when we think of Christ sometimes we don't always like when we read that scripture we think oh that's kind of bossy but really when you think of like the bigger context of this is the person who willed you into being who loves you knows you better than anyone else in the world and when he makes that commandment when he says that thing it comes from a place of like deep and abiding love but i think our human minds sometimes read that as oh he's being so bossy or oh there's so many rules as opposed to seeing it as an act of love instead of or that we should see it as an act of love instead of seeing it as like this bossy savior who's always demanding things of us um I think that that it can reframe how you hear his voice. Yeah, it's it's the whole thing with parents. It's like, you know, don't touch the stove, small child. It's not a command out of it's a command out of love, right? Because yes. the parent knows better and it's something all, all this stuff, right? And it's like I just kept hearing over and over again, like Jesus saying, "If you love me, keep keep my commandments. Not mm-hmm. if you love me, go be a speaker." Uh, have a Catholic podcast, start a Catholic non nonprofit. If you love me, keep my commandments, not work mm-hmm. for me. It's like working for me is nice too. But like, if you love me, keep my commandments. Um, and there, it was just very, so like that was the first thing that really stuck with me exactly when I needed to hear it, kind of what I needed to hear. It's been a theme for the last few weeks. Um, and then something that you and I talked about when we were in person that again, people who have been listening to the show for the last few years would see a theme of we've been dealing with some church hurt, right? Like uh, priests that, that, that have, uh, hurt us priests that, have, you know, national scandals, personal, uh, uh, interactions, that sort of thing. And I heard like the, the thing that crazily stuck out to me is that she, the Samaritan woman, this outcast who is unwelcome in her community and is unwelcome to the Jews who are the chosen people of God, she lives at and is getting water from Jacob's well, like the Jacob from the Old Testament of like, are you dreaming Jacob's dream? You know, like that well, the miraculous story from the Old Testament. She is there, physically there at Jacob's well, and yet she is not welcome to the Jewish people, meaning like not welcome in the chosen people of God. And I'm like, she's at the place. Like it would be like going to a church where you feel unwelcome and like an outcast. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of fascinating. (laughs) Well, and you would think that the one place that you would feel welcome, right? Yeah. Or the one place that you don't, don't feel like you're going to be wounded. And yet. And yet it happens. People. It so does. It, it happens a lot. It was it was just like how I just imagined like being her for a moment. And I'm like, how am I the outcast? I'm at the place of one of the major Old Testament. Well, or just Testament at the time. You know, I'm at the, 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 the site of one of the most famous stories in salvation history. And yet I'm the outcast. You know, and I was like, I've, I could feel right. myself. It's like, what do you mean? I've worked here for 10 years. How am I the outcast at this place? You know, so it was just an interesting connection there. Feels um, like a Matrix world. Yeah, one hundred percent. Universe am I in? Yeah. Um, so Jesus, going back to their conversation, Jesus doesn't ask; he t- commands to give her a drink. She questions it. She's like, "Are you sure?" You know, she has all these questions for him, and he says, "If you really understand, you would ask me for water, and I would give you eternal life." Which, 
to be fair to this Samaritan woman is also not how normal conversations go. Like uh, the normal conversation of me going to your house and you saying, hey, do you want a drink? And me, I should say yes or no. Not if you really knew what you were asking, you would ask me and I would give you something where you would never be thirsty again. And you're like, what? (laughs) So is that still or sparkling? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it didn't make sense. Right. But so he's having this conversation way up here and she's looking at him like, what are you talking about? Um, But so she doesn't get it. She doesn't get what Jesus is trying to say, which I think we've all been in in that moment before. And the only reason that she starts to to believe him is because she calls him out on her sin. He says, go and call your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He says, you are correct. You do not have a husband. You have had five husbands. And the man that you're with now is not your husband. And I think if you said that to most women or even like reverse it and say it to most men, just if you, if you call people out like that, that you've never, they've known each other for a good 90 seconds. At this I was going to say right? not even two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and she calls him or he calls her out. And I think, mm-hmm. I think about the times that I've been called out for my crap or my mistakes. And I typically don't respond with, now I know you're a prophet. I'm like, hey, what the hell's wrong with you? You leave me alone. Who are you to tell me how to live my life? You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but oh, she yeah. she is cut to the heart, and she says, now I know you're a prophet because he's a foreigner. There's no way he could have known this information. So she knows that he is a prophet. She is from he is from God, right? Um, but do you ever wonder, like, maybe maybe this is me, like when I'm in reading like to you and reading about things like that, like. He must have had this overwhelming presence that when he said that, and then she's like, oh, like that that she knew because you're right. If anybody else had said that to her, she'd like punch him in the face, right? But he says it and she automatically believes. I, I mean, it makes me wonder like, what must it have been like to be in the presence like that? Like, I know how I can feel sometimes overwhelmed, like at adoration, or in moments of mass, but to have a sustained, overwhelming feeling like that must have just been like mind blowing. I can't, it's, it's difficult to fathom what that must have been like to be standing there in the presence and being like, oh, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. And it was incredible, an incredible experience for her so much so that, uh, she runs back into town and she, who was like the town harlot. So she didn't have a great uh, reputation in town she starts telling everybody this man is a prophet you know and um they believed at first because they believed the this woman's word the words of a known sinner so this little town is first converted and like hey maybe this jesus guy really is a prophet they first believe because of the town whore which is fascinating to me right that they did so jesus her. right yeah. He wouldn't have chosen the upstanding mayor. He's always going to choose those who are on the fringes or who are oppressed or who no one wants to believe. And if they can believe, you're like, listen, if she can believe, surely the rest of you can. Did it's you say amazing a, to me. Up, upstanding mayor, like the best horse in town? Well, like if he'd chosen like mayor, like M A Y O R. I know, I'm messing with you. you <laughs> There's a talking donkey in the Bible, but not a talking horse. So it'd be difficult for him to share the good news. And there's burning bushes and all sorts of other things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had to get one dig in on your, uh, on your accent. Thank you. We we, we have to have one episode and we're, we're, 
60 no, seconds. No, we're away well from the past end. the one in episode, Taylor. <laughs> no, we're not. I've been kind. I read the Bible recently. This this is me kind, Catherine. This is about as best you're gonna get. Um but it's interesting. They they believed at first because of the woman's words. Um, then they came and met Jesus. So they believed her enough to come and meet Jesus. And then they meet Jesus. And then they say, this is the quote directly from John chapter four, uh, verse 42. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe only because of your word, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is truly the savior of the world. So they hear this woman's encounter with God and they believe in or at least this encounter with Jesus, this man this, that they believe to be a prophet. And then they go and they meet this so-called prophet. And they're like, this is, we, we now have had an encounter with God, right? And it took this, this deeper level. And I think a lot of times about how that, that's how it is in ministry, right? God uses imperfect people to say, hey, and you might at first believe, you know, like kids in my youth group, they might have first believed because of something their parents said, or maybe it was something that I said, or maybe something that junior high youth minister said, or maybe, but there's that level of, I believe this man is special and a prophet. And then we no longer have to believe because of what our parents said, or because of what I said, or because of what somebody on a podcast said, but I now believe because I have had an encounter with this man named Jesus. And so it was just so insane to me that I've never really had a huge connection to this story. And now by reading it with Lexio Divina at this point in my life, now I have like six connections with this story that I had never had before. I just thought it was really cool. And you're going to be talking about it on your podcast and at your next speaking engagement and all the other places, Taylor. 100%. And then it's going to uh, lose all of its speciality now that I have no, taken what was in private and shared it with the world. No, because it came from a place of fruitfulness first because God allowed you to experience it first before you shared about it. Like, I think it comes from a place of purity and, um, and a real deep connection with Christ and I think you would be doing a disservice to the people that you minister to if you didn't didn't take that really beautiful moment that God created and share the conversion part with other people. I think that's when you know it's true. So good well, job, I, Taylor. Thank you. I'm happy to end this show with us agreeing and you telling me good job. I'm happy that that's where we're ending. That's Catherine that's Catherine. That's not where I started. Taylor Taylor. Y'all enjoy your homework this week. Let us know how it goes. I'll be back next week. Catherine will be next, back next month. See ya. Thank you guys for watching and listening today. I hope that you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making the show today. If you did like it, please, if you haven't subscribed yet, what are you doing? Share it with a friend. Share, share the love today. If you enjoyed today's show, you liked something you heard, share it with somebody that you think might uh, enjoy it as well. Just send them a text. Be like, hey, there's this crazy show we hope that you enjoy. Uh, you know, share it on social media to all of your eight to 18,000 followers. You know, whatever whatever you want to do, we appreciate um, all of it. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>